When is the last time you listened to a podcast about web development, web design, and small business and didn't fall asleep? Yes, we cover web development, web design, and small business, but like actual human beings with personalities. If you're a beginner, we're not going to talk over your head. It's more like asking your buddy for help. We have guests, we have fun, and let me tell you, these two can get off on a tangent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to HTML All The Things Podcast. This is Matt Lawrence and Mike Curran. How's it, everybody? We are back. This is the HTML All The Things Podcast, and working title at the moment, Full Stack Struggles, number one, can AI teach me web development or do I need a human to help me out too? Probably going to clean that up a little bit, but uh, it, we've talked about full stack struggles in the past. It's sort of like a subset of our normal episodes and it's uh, it's about me and my learning journey. So uh, as I've said on the show, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, probably at this point that I sort of live uh, in the small biz, small to medium business uh, website building game. I work with WordPress. I work with servers. I help people with their email. I know DNS pretty well, all that type of stuff. And so I help small to medium businesses do all that stuff, but I do not touch the stuff that Mike does, which is goes in and does Svelte and view and all that stuff. And so as a result, I know HTML, CSS, JS, I know file systems, I know server administration, all that type of thing, but I do not know how short of being like told on this show, how to make a modern web app myself. So I decided to take that on and more on that in a minute. But if this sounds interesting to you and you want to support the show, you can go check us out on that Patreon, leave a review or rating on your podcast app. Join us in our Discord server or share this with your friends. And so this is going to be the first episode, like I said, of Full Stack Struggles because I'm my goal is to make a project. So I'm going to outline, I've already outlined a bunch of it, but I'm going to outline what the project is. And then I'm going to talk all about the stuff, my journey so far, because starting a project accidentally at the same time that AI was just taken off has been very, very interesting in comparison to my self-taught learning journey before. So what am I making? I mentioned it before. It's a passive income tracker. It is going to be built with Svelte and SvelteKit and then maybe something else like a Supa base or something like that. And the goal here is to familiarize myself with making a modern web app and basically just escaping my comfort zone. I want to escape this comfort zone and maybe not do this full time, whatever, because small medium businesses and make money and blah, blah, blah. But I do want to learn this stuff because obviously I'm talking on the show and then also like I just should know this. It just it always feels like the elephant in the room of like, I don't know this huge thing. And even though I have specialities that Mike doesn't have, like Mike doesn't know DNS, whereas I just solved like a pr- like a pretty complex and is still ongoing complex DNS issue for a client just this week. Um, I still would like to at least know this stuff to an extent or be able to at least know it enough to allow it to get rusty and I just knock the rust off rather than not understanding it at all in the future if I revisit it. So to reach that goal, I kind of have some milestones or specific pieces, I guess you could say, that I want to hit and specific sections of the app that I demand. So I'm demanding that I learn authentication slash user accounts. And I don't care whether it's custom where I make my own database and I make the users and this and that, or it's through a service. I don't care. I do want to connect to some sort of API, which is why I'm sort of leaning toward going to an authentication service because that's an API and then I'm knocking two of the things out, but maybe that won't happen. I'm not sure. 
if I don't use authentication as my API, maybe I'll connect to a stock market uh, thing. And I also want to develop the app, obviously, and then I want to ship it into production. Whether that's public or not is is irrelevant. I just want if, if let's say this was a commissioned app by a client, I want to be able to do or at least have done the process at least once. So this passive income tracker, I've only called it passive income tracker. What does it ultimately do? Just a brief description. So um, it, it will basically you go in and you say, you know, add a passive income thing and you can go in there and you can say, OK, I want to add, uh, you know, a dividend and my dividend I'm getting paid is a dollar a month and it's a dollar per dollar a month per share. And I'm getting and I have a 100 of those shares. So then you save that and it, it tabulates it. And the next thing you're like, hey, I, I own a house or something and I'm renting it out. And so I have rental income of one house and it's a thousand dollars a month and it tabulates it and it adds the rental income and the dividends. And then there's going to be a bunch of other things like that. And it just tabulates it so that you know how much you're making per day, per month, those type of things. And maybe eventually not in the MVP, not in this particular version, but maybe there'll be goal setting where you could be like, I would love to hit 200 a month in dividends specifically. And then you can see how close you are and how you've progressed toward that goal. But that is sort of a a pipe dream. That's a, a wish list item. So I'm new to all this stuff. I've touched felt a little bit in the past and then it fell off. And this time I'm d- determined to stick with it. So how did I get started? Well, but before you go there, I just want to say I was super excited about you starting this project and a little bit of a spoiler for this episode. There is a part where Matt reached out to me and we had like a discussion on certain features and stuff like that. I'm not going to spoil that part, the whole thing yet, but honestly, it was the most fun I've had in a while. You you, you were fired up. Yeah, you, you, you kept saying up. it was a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah I love I love that. St- I love this stuff. First of all, the whole thing, start to finish, full stack is where I'm kind of living right now. So you doing full stack is the perfect opportunity for me to geek out with you. Uh, we again, like you mentioned before, we have kind of. Obviously, some things cross, but a lot of times what you're working on, what I'm working on are kind of completely different. So we do talk about it, obviously, because we're part of the same business. But for the most part, it's completely like two different silos. Having something to work on together again, we haven't done that in a long time. Now, you're not working on this with me, but I am going to be helping you throughout the process is super fun. And I hope, again, we're going to have multiple of these episodes where we discuss all the different struggles. And then what's most likely going to happen is some of these episodes will probably branch off into complete different topics of the podcast, right? So if we really want to go deep into authentication, we can have a whole episode on just authentication and you can we can bring in some of these anecdotes into that. So I really like where this is going and you're going to hear me be a little bit fired up in certain situations, because this is kind of where, <laughs> where I'm living right now. Well, it is, it is exciting because, you know, right now, if I'm like, okay, I need a site with authentication. The very first thing I think of is web, uh, WordPress. Uh, and then the second thing I think of is Webflow members. If that's even out of beta, I haven't actually tried that out yet, but like that, it's always like a, a canned, uh, response or it's always like a canned, uh, solution. And, Maybe going through a service is more of a canned thing, and it kind of is. And there's a reason why I'm going to potentially go there. And it's because I know that the biggest hurdle, or I knew right when I started, that the biggest hurdle was going to be figuring out authentication. Because obviously it needs to be secure, and that's a big paranoid thing. It's like, obviously I could 
authenticate you with JavaScript, but that's not safe. <laughs> that's not safe at all. Uh, it's all front end. You could just inspect element and see that. So it's like, okay, you know, I need to learn some of this database stuff further than just setting up and maintaining a WordPress site. Um, and so I started watching a bunch of videos and I watched uh, a couple videos by James Q quick on YouTube. I also watched a video, uh, from Scott Talinsky as well. And this was to get my bearings on, you know, I literally just typed in like adding authentication to Svelte kit and I came across a bunch of services, but the big ones that stood out to me were uh, Supabase. Uh, I also learned in amongst this, just learning Svelte kit apps and also how to then use sort of a more local solution or like a custom solution with MongoDB as well. So I kind of like got a good impression on, okay, this is how Svelte kit apps work. And these are like the, you know, the two major services, if you can call them that Superbase is a service. MongoDB is like a way to store stuff. It's a database. And so it's like, okay, you know, and then I went into, you know, Svelte kit, like just right to their website. And I looked up how to start the project and I realized my GitHub stuff was all messed up. So I fixed all that. And then I, you know, gave myself a, I don't know, a certificate or whatever it is. And then got it all set up, got it working. Cause I use the command line for that. And then I went to the Svelte kit website <laughs> This is a journey and tried to try to do it. And my NPM was out of date and then I couldn't get my NPM to friggin' work. So I had to like update that and I downloaded the wrong thing and I updated something. I don't know what it was. So then I ended up downloading like a version manager, like NVM windows, I think it was or something that they recommended. So I used that and then had to set all that up. And I don't, I don't even remember how I did that now. So once I need to update again, it's going to be great. And then I got that working and that's that now. I did want to mention this whole thing is because I think it's important to realize that even though I've been in the industry for a long time, I haven't touched this particular side of things in a very long time and not very much even when I was doing it. And I was getting caught up on the little things. And I want to, I think that's important to know because like some people are going to be like, I'm an idiot. Like I can't get into my, my, my GitHub. I was there freaking yelling at my GitHub. I was like, how do I get in here? Like, you know, I forgot my password and I couldn't log in. And then before I used to just type in my, user password and that's not allowed anymore. So it's like, Oh, like generate this thing, but that's not good for production. And I'm like, well, is this even safe? Like, what am I doing? And I go look up some guides and eventually I'm in and it's a whole thing. So like getting stuck on the basics is a pain in the ass. And also I know that a lot of people will complain about their environments. Obviously my environment is rather simple, but boy, could I see how it could get confusing because I guarantee you, you're going to set up NVM for windows or whatever. And then you're going to forget how to do that. Cause like I said, I already forget the NVM commands and uh, you're going to get in there one day and you're going to be like, man, something's wrong. And like I installed 14 things and like, I remember how to work with two of them. Uh, good. And then it's going to be a whole thing. So I could see how developer environments can get really superfluous and very large and why people like Chris and Andy actually will kind of advocate for vanilla JS because like, it's like it's almost like 10% of your job or something is going to be setting up your environment and maintaining your environment just so that you can make stuff that you're engineering. And then that stuff's going to have problems. But I mean, by that is you're making like web apps and websites that are going to have problems. And it's a whole crazy experience. I'm going to tell you right now, uh -oh. the, the developer environment situation is a serious issue for people that are starting new projects. So, or new projects and onboarding onto like a company. I know some situations and I've talked to some developers that the onboarding process just to set up their developer environment 
involved five to 10 meetings with senior devs and two to three weeks of time before they could do their first issue. Now, this is an extreme case. I would say that most companies would be in the first week. You should have like your development environment fully set up. But again, first week, like this isn't like you sit down at your desk and you start working. No, you have to go through and set up all the different services. Like Matt was saying, NVM is just one small thing that as you go down the stack, like as you start getting into authentication, as you start getting into uh, any sort of APIs, like third-party APIs, like all the environment files that you have to set up. If you have to, a different repo for your backend and your frontend, you have to run them both at the same time. How do you do that? There's like CLI, like, like command line interface services that can run two things at the same time. So you get that. What about Docker? You start adding stuff on top of stuff, on top of stuff, and then throw a wrench in it. You have Windows. The, the main engineers have macOS. Disaster. <laughs> I've, I've had that situation. And then Windows now has WSL, which is Windows subsystem for Linux, which is like when I, when I develop on Windows, I use that, but that's a whole different subset of tools that you need. Right. So then when you're looking at instructions, this is for you, Matt. Sometimes you'll see Windows being mentioned and sometimes you'll see Windows with WSL being mentioned. Those yeah, are two completely that. different things. So you have to be aware of that. Um, so again, it's just like, it's okay to s- get stuck here for a little while and make sure that you have a solid base and a solid starting point that you understand to a certain degree before you kind of move on. Now, don't get like, you know, don't be here for months, but if you, if you need a few days to get your first, you know, React project up and running, don't take that as an indication that you're not ready or you're like, you know, you're not meant for this. That's a normal thing to start like going through the NPM process, understanding what the package.json file is a little bit, understanding what Webpack is doing or VIT is doing for you a little bit and stuff like that. How do you get the development server started? Why is it all of a sudden having a conflict with the port, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, down the line? Well, I had a weird one too, where I wanted to uh, use font awesome and I know how to install font awesome in the vanilla way, but I thought, well, I'll install this the, I mean, it isn't the Svelte kit way, but I'll install it the Svelte kit way or the NPM way, whatever you want to call it. So I look it up and there's a few ways to do it. And I end up installing it with Fort Awesome. So <laughs> Fort Awesome. A wrapper. Do the, yeah, it's a wrapper and it just brings it in. So I was like, sure, you know what? Like, I haven't tried this yet. I'll do it. And it worked. Like, I got it working in a couple of minutes. But now whenever I, like, tell it to run my dev, it's like, hey, this thing doesn't have some sort of, like, identifier. And you should let the NPM package manager know that. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm not going to I'm not going to call them up like I'm not I don't have their number on speed dial. I'm not going to do that. Like it's 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 font awesome. If I have a trouble with it, I'm going to delete this thing and I'm just going to install it the way I know how to install it. Um, but even stuff like that, you know, it can be a, it can be a troublesome problem uh, and yep. it can be bloody annoying. I have two initial commits because I didn't realize I committed at one point. So I just all, all, already look like a fucking idiot on my on my uh, GitHub repo, which is which is fantastic. I mean, it's better than the last time where I just fully and publicly published my, my passwords, my usernames <laughs> on all my API keys. Well, well you're so. not the only one, to be fair. GitHub themselves last week published their passwords and SSA keys to GitHub. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's OK because the, your, the provider of your service has done exactly what you've done. What's crazy about this stuff is that, you know, we were talking about how WordPress like lets you walk off a cliff and you can, you know, do an update that doesn't work. And then like WordPress goes down. But there's like 
not a consumerized way, but like a tried and, and, and true way to like recover from a backup, assuming that backup was working on that server that you like, like assuming you backed it up in a working state on that server. There's a tried and true way to get back there. And it just doesn't seem like it just doesn't seem like this development stuff has had any time to cook and be consumerized a little bit. Not that it needs to be for consumers, but it even, you know, obviously like tools have gotten better for carpenters over the years. Like drills are better than using a screwdriver than using a manual drill. Um, like electric drills are obviously better. And it's like for us web developers, I feel like we're still at like the manual drill stage sometimes when, and then since our tooling moves so quickly, it's like they never get better. We never get a better drill. It's like, no, no, no. Now we're using a hammer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. You know, now we're over here. Um, but anyway, I got all that installed, got everything ready. And then, uh, I know that Mike had been talking to me before the show and, you know, just to kind of randomly about how he was using AI to, you know, do stuff. So I, at this point, have my Svelte kit and I think I selected like, you know, a blank canvas. And so all it says is like, Hey, this is running on Svelte kit or something. And so I was like, perfect. You know, dev server is running. I can see that. I can see it's running. Okay, great. And now starts the problem. So to preface this, I have a lot of trouble knowing where stuff goes. And I don't know if I'm a fool for that, but whenever I go get help and I look things up and I'm like, hey, how do I like, I don't know, add a button. And then someone writes a blog post, Google it, find that blog post, click on there. And then they're like, hey, you know, you do this, you do that, you do this. I'm always like, okay, thank you for the code snippets. But where, like, where does this go in my file structure? And like, what is this little thing? What's this little thing? And so I started asking AI these things primarily, and then it expanded. And I'll talk about all that right now. AI and doing this project with AI being available is crazy. So I'm not using ChatGPT. I'm a Microsoft man, so I use Bing AI. And I also use Edge, so that's perfect because there's a little chat bubble in my top right of my of my Edge installation. And I just talked to the Bing AI. And right away, blank Svelte Kit project, I saw something surrounded by percentage signs. And it was like, I don't know, some sort of string. It was like, you know, body.full. I don't know, something. And that, that's not what it said. It's like something.body. And I, I was like, okay, this is clearly being replaced. Like this is like a variable effectively that's being replaced. Like it's bringing something in, but I don't know what this is. So the very first question I asked it is I like literally copy the, the string thing with the percentage signs. And I was like, what is this? And Bing AI just tells me what it is. Oh, like this, you know, this pulls from this and this does that. And this does this. And I'm like, oh my God, like, Instead of me like typing this in to Google and having either like the very, very, very baseline concept explained to me, and then I have to like extrapolate a bit to understand it or have someone talking about their percent thing that isn't working. And then I have to like figure out and apply that problem to my problem. This thing just tells me like a teacher would, hey, this is what this does. And you can ask for expansion on that. You can ask for it to expand on certain parts of it. If it's, if they, if it gives you a lengthy explanation, and you're stuck on a piece, you can ask for stuff like that. And I was like, okay, you know, game on, you know, it, it, it solved a problem for me because this was going to drive me nuts, not knowing what this thing was. So let's go. So I start going and I start making my app in the app.html. And then I realized soon, like I shouldn't do that too much. Like I need components. I need this. I need that. So it's like, okay. So I was like, I need a button. You know, I, I've made like a static page to a point. I need a button now. And so I didn't know how to do that in the Svelte kit way or the Svelte, the Svelte way. When I say Svelte or Svelte kit, I'm talking about, I literally have Svelte kit and Svelte installed. So just an FYI. 
So anyway, it recommended. So I asked Bing AI, I'm like, hey, like, what do I do? And it recommended I make a component and it outlined the general steps I should take, but it didn't give me any code. So I was like, okay, you know what? Like, you know, it's just a button. I'll cheat a little bit here. Like, so I asked him like, Hey, like, show me the code for that. Like, how do I do that? So it, it did, it made the code. And then it all, and then it also said, you know, like, you know, this is where, this is the component. This is how you call on it. And this is this and that. And I was like, okay, like, you know, I'm pretty new here. I'm like, I've used components before in view, but I, I don't know where to put them. And this is one of my big problems. Like I said, I don't know where to put this damn thing. So I said, I'm like, Hey, like, where do I put this component? Like, what do I do? And it's like, oh, you put it in a file and it like gave me an example file name, you know, button dots felt or whatever. And I was like, okay, like, where do I put that? Like, what file do I put it in? It's like, well, put it in your SRC. And then inside of that, there should be a lib folder. And it, and it, and I was like, well, there is no lib folder. Is it okay if I make it or do I have to tell Svelte to make it? Like, I don't fucking know. So it's, I ask it and it was like, yep, if it's not there, go ahead and do it. And it's like doing this and it gives me the explanation. It's like doing this is great for when you want to share components that might be useful for other projects or for other developers. So I was like, okay, now I'm starting to get it. It's like, okay, I can make a generic button in here and I can use this across. Let's say I have, you know, three projects that are all under the same brand and all my buttons are the same. I can use the same button component. Okay. It's starting to make sense. Good. And this is a massive time saver already. Like looking up where to put the lib folder, like people are talking at an advanced level a lot of the time in these forums. And yes, you can find certain beginner topics, but you have to sort of sift through it. And half the time I'm taking an advanced topic and I'm trying to boil it down and I'm, I'm new in the environment. So I really don't know what's going on and I'm trying to figure it out. And it could, you know, a small problem like this question, which is more or less like a theory question could take three hours. You know, it could, it can spin out of control. Maybe not this one in particular, but it could. So anyway, I make the component. And I got it all working and I got no errors and it's not complaining at me, but I don't know how to like pull the button in somewhere. Like, I don't know. So I'm like, okay, where do I, you know, how do I call the button? Like I want to, I have a component called this. Like, how do I call on that? And it, it tells me it uses its own example and it, it continues that example. And it says, okay, you know, this is what you can do. And I'm like, okay. It gives me a little code snippet on how to call a component, but I'm like, okay, but like where, again, where do I put this? I'm like, is it okay if I put it in app.html? And it's like, you can do that. Like, it's okay. And then I was like, okay, it's saying it's okay. And this is where, like, I didn't ask it anymore. I discerned what I needed to do. So I was like, you know what? Like, I'm using the plus page dots felt or whatever it is. It's like the home page. I'm using that, like, quote unquote, index page. Cause I've moved my code now out of the app.html. Cause I know I'm not supposed to put too much in there and I'm using this other page now. So I was like, okay, maybe I can use the same code snippet that it, it, it told me and I can call this button in there. And sure enough, it works. And so I want to zoom in on this because I'm using AI, but I'm still extrapolating and I'm still using Google on the side. I'm still Googling things on the side. I, I guess I should be binging, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm using Google on the side. And I mean, and so I, I, you know, I asked the bot, asked the bot, asked the bot, and it distills a topic down for me. Then I'm like, okay, now I'm going to do some self-exploration. I'm going to explore this topic. You know, how does this work? You know, what does this calling do? What can I do with this calling? And I look and I find articles on this felt documentation and I find this and that. And this is just for my own understanding, my own sanity. And I don't stick around too long. Like Mike said, that was always my mistake in the past as I sit there and I like learn about buttons or components forever. And it's a major problem. So I don't do that anymore. So anyway, so I get the button and get the button done, whatever. 
and I just make my whole homepage. My whole homepage is short of like some dynamic stuff that has to happen. My whole homepage is like done with three buttons now. So it's like, great. I have three buttons. I've have like props or whatever that I I'm using and I'm like changing the title of the button. I'm even changing the icon um, dynamically with like how I'm calling the button. Fantastic. So then really brief question I ask Mike, and this isn't even in my notes, but I just remembered it. I ask Mike, okay, like, I don't know how to make another page. Like I got this plus page felt thing. I don't know what to do. So you explain routing to me very basically. Now I have some prompts that I can, cause you just texted me like a couple text messages. Now I have some prompts that I can ask Bing AI and I figure out how to make an ad page. Cause one of my buttons is ad and then I'm off to the races. So now I can now go into a more complex thing. And this is the thing that I ended up getting help with Mike on because I started getting stuck, but I'm going to talk about how the AI helped me. I'm going to like conclude the AI and then I'll talk about when Mike came in. Cause we have a, a lot to talk about there. So I have this ad page and now I want to add one of these passive income profiles or whatever I want to call them. And so I have a problem because my form can't be one form fits all. Uh, a house isn't paying dividends and it doesn't have a yield. So I'm like, okay, I need to have a drop down where I select, you know, dividend, rental income, whatever. And I think I have one just called example right now. And I need this drop down, this select input thing. I need this to change the fields that are in the form. You need to change the fields. So I ask, I ask the AI, I'm like, all right, you know, how do I make a form in SvelteKit? It lays it out. You know, it's pretty similar to what I've been doing just in vanilla HTML, CSS, JS. So I'm like, perfect. So I make, make a form up. I get it working, but it's just for dividends. And then I go, okay. You know, Bing, like, like, let me know how to do this. Like, how do I make a, um, how do I make this work? So when I select a different option, it like pulls up one form type, pulls up a second form type, pulls up a third form type. And so it told me how to do it and it worked, but it didn't work fully. It didn't work on initial load. And so I, I tell it, Hey, this ain't working. And so it's like, okay, let me fix that, which is, which was impressive in its own right. Like a lot of this stuff I'm doing for the first time ever with this AI stuff. And it introduces me to mount, which is like a Svelte or Svelte kit thing. I'm not sure which, but it's a Svelte thing. And basically, it's like an on load, from my understanding. Yes, that's correct. And this led me down the rabbit hole of checking other articles on what mount was used for. So I'll just, you know, real brief, go in. Okay, I'll read a little bit about mount in the official documentation. I'll check a couple blog posts on what people are using it for. Cool. I got my bearings. I know I'm not an expert on it. I got my bearings. I know what mount is. And then I've, like, expanded my learning. And now I have um, basically a drop down that it, it made because I just made another form because I wanted to like leave the Bing code intact while I like take it and tear it to pieces to make it work for my for my use case. And when I select like the first one, it shows like one or like uh, it shows like one text box. When I select the second, it shows two. It's like the third, it shows three. I think it might be in a different order than that, but you get my meaning. And that's what it does. So perfect. OK, it's working. This is where I want to start talking about the disservice of AI. And this is like where I've stopped because I needed to bring Mike in at this point due to me not really understanding how to do the prompts. But the disservice of AI here, and I know that Mike has tweeted about the disservice of AI to, for junior developers is I don't think that you should like avoid AI. Like I'm going to continue using it. That's not what I'm trying to say here, but I don't think that you should be completely writing off all the other stuff. 
So here's here's an example from what I've learned from this AI experience that I just outlined. If you're completely unaware of what is broken in your code, or maybe you're completely unaware to the point where you're not technically savvy and you don't know that it should be working on initial load, you think it's okay that it doesn't work on initial load and you have to like toggle the options back and forth to get it working. That's not good. And I could see people saying, I'm going to skip the development house. I'm going to skip the development agency. I don't know any code at all. I'm going to just let my AI do it. AI is going to do it for me. And that's what's that's what's going to happen. It's going to be, you know, like a no code on steroids. I'm going to be able to engineer anything now because AI is going to engineer it. I don't need to know syntax. I don't even need to know that it's JavaScript. I just going to, you know, do this. That is a disservice. If you notice, all the prompts that I had are very specific. Hey, I know this is the homepage, but I don't know what this percent thing is. Hey, I need a button. I know I need a button. I need a, I, I need a form that changes. I know I need a form that changes. I'm coming to AI for help in the context of a web developer. I'm coming to AI like as if it's, it's a, it's the teacher of my web development class of my Svelte slash Feltkit class. It's way different than someone that just comes in and goes, I'm just going to use a bunch of AI generated stuff. And I'm not like talking down to that. I'm saying that that's literally going to cause you technical problems and it is a disservice. And if you decided I want to learn web development and you're, you have minimal technical ability right now, but then you, you find out, Hey, you know what? AI can write my code. I'm just going to like not learn it. I don't need to. And I'm just going to have AI write all this stuff. It's going to write problems and stuff like that. That some of it you're going to be able to fix. You're going to be like, Hey, this doesn't even boot up. And it's going to try to fix it for you and maybe it will fix it. But like, I knew I had to say, hey, this isn't working on initial load. You know, hey, this isn't working here. Hey, this isn't working there. And so it is a disservice to your learning as a learning, you know, Svelte slash Svelkit if you're just getting it to do the work for you. The next thing, too, as a beginner in this particular space, the AI is generating code that is well beyond what I would have come up with. If I were to code it with my existing knowledge, this is a disservice and it's also a good thing. And I'll explain, I'll expand on that. The good thing about it is that I get to see more advanced code and I get curious and I push my knowledge base and I don't know what mount is. I go look that up. Oh, it's basically like an onload. Cool. Right. But sometimes it's so advanced. Like when I told it to make the, the dynamic form, it's so advanced that I can spend hours and hours researching and I research so much that I forget the beginning even of my research and I don't even remember what the heck I'm doing. And then eventually I just like, okay, whatever, it's already done. And I kind of roll my eyes and I can continue along. I didn't end up doing that, but I could see how people would, would do that. Where, especially if they're literally working for somebody and like, I'm just doing this project to learn and to talk to you guys about my learning journey. Whereas I could absolutely see somebody just being like, okay, like, you know what the boss says, I got to get this done. It's working, whatever. And they just take off and they have no idea how, <laughs> how this thing works. That's a disservice when it needs maintenance, when it needs to be changed or when it needs to be done slightly differently in the future on a different project. They like no learning or very minimal learning has been done. So it's, it's good and it's bad. And it kind of depends on how you interpret it. And the last thing is sometimes it doesn't give an ideal answer. Or it doesn't give an answer that is using the framework at hand. So I'm using Svelte plus SvelteKit. And sometimes it won't give me the Svelte or SvelteKit answer. It gives me the vanilla JS answer. This works. You know, vanilla JS does work when you're using, when you're using Svelte and SvelteKit, but it's a disservice to me trying to learn SvelteKit. 
And when I brought Mike in, there was a couple of things that I had no idea that Svelte slash Fulkit would handle and, and in fact was designed to handle that the Bing AI just was using, you know, document.content loader, that this, this, that, whatever. Like it was making up its own functions, this and that. And a lot of that stuff was like, Mike was like, no, no, you just bind this or you just do this quickly and it just handles this for you. And it's like, oh, this is like the reason why <laughs> Svelte slash Fulkit exists. And like, I'm completely skipping over it. To be fair, this is the same way that if, because I am so familiar with all the vanilla stuff, um, I would end up, you know, I don't know where vanilla JS ends and Svelte kit and Svelte begins. I don't know that line. So I would for sure end up paving over it similar to this right now. But some people are going to be taking the AI's answer as the end all be all. And they're just skipping huge parts, like huge parts of the Svelte kit to the point where like, in some of these queries, I didn't go into every single query I did. Some of these queries, I was like, hey, you know, this looks like a lot of, I didn't write like this exactly, but hey, this is like a lot of vanilla JS. Like, is this what you would do for SvelteKit? And it'll, it'll be like, oh, hang on. And it like refactors some stuff. And it's like, you know, here's a couple imports and, you know, like, you know, let's use these like Svelte and SvelteKit functions and stuff. And it's like, okay. So like the first time it would work, you know, assuming the code was, was correct, it would work, but it wasn't the Svelte or SvelteKit way. And even when I did tell it to do that, Sometimes it missed the mark. Just like a teacher, though, would. Like, teachers aren't perfect. Humans aren't perfect. But it, because it's an AI, because it's something that, like, the internet, effectively, is telling you or that a tool is telling you, you think it might be, like, the end-all, be-all. And it isn't. It isn't necessarily. And even in my minimal exposure, I've, like, figured out that it isn't. Yeah, and this moves tool. on. It's a tool. It's a tool. Yeah. yeah, it's a tool. I think that's the best way you can possibly think about it. It is not a replacement. It is not anything like that. It is a great tool that you can add to your arsenal and you should be adding to your arsenal because in my opinion, you know, a year down the line, this, this stuff is moving so quickly. It's insane. A year down the line, if you're not using AI and a new employee is using AI, they're going to be performing, you know, at twice your level potentially. So if you're not, if you're going to be like putting your head down being like, no, I'm not going to try to use AI for anything because I'm a person and I don't use that, whatever stance you want to take, you know, that's fine. But know that AI is pushing to make productivity and make stuff easier and faster to do. It's not replacing technically, in my opinion, at least, but it is making it so that one developer can do more work than they could do before. Yeah, uh, I 100% like even me just looking up those percentages and stuff like that. Like I said, like that could be a rabbit hole last 45 minutes, an hour. Even if it's 10 minutes, it was two minutes, you know, it was a minute waiting for this thing to not even to generate a response for me. And I'm like, oh, OK, gotcha. And then I I chose to expand and and do some self-exploration on some topics. And that was my choice. It wasn't like I was exhausted from trying to finally figure out the answer. I figured it out kind of. And then I, I walk away like it would be when doing sort of traditional research sometimes. But this is where and like Michael jump in, I'm sure here. But this is where the human teacher comes in. So I'm stuck on this form selector. Like I don't fully understand the code. Like my JavaScript skills are rusty. I got to bang the rust off and they're out of date. Some of them are too. And I can generally read JavaScript and stuff like that. Like I can make an app in vanilla JS, like with some lookups and stuff like that, of course. But I, you know, I'm a little bit dated and stuff like that. And so I'm having trouble because I realize I don't know if I'm engineering this correctly. Like, I don't know if I'm engineering this, the Svelte slash Felkit way I don't even know if I'm engineering this correctly at all. You know, like, what should I do? 
And like the solution that the AI gave me had a lot of bells and whistles that I just straight up didn't fully understand. And I was trying to take that example that it gave me and it was a working example. And I was trying to like re-engineer it and try to make it work for me. And I just realized like, man, like there's a lot of code going into this one page. Like this feels like I'm engineering things wrong. And I, you know, maybe I could have asked the AI to change my code to what I needed, but I didn't know how to phrase it. This is a key thing. I didn't know how to phrase it to the AI. I'm so new. I'm like, man, <laughs> I don't even know how to, how to tell this AI, hey, I need this corrected with components, I think. And it's like, well, is that even the right way to engineer things? And this is where I reached out for a human. I reached out for Mike. And Mike, if you can take it away with what we what we changed and what we did, because you you went in and changed a bunch of stuff that actually was related to this, but also related to other things that the bot had generated as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing that I do want to point out before we jump into that is that like doing it the wrong way or engineering the not perfect solution. I I think you need to get past that when you're learning because you're going to engineer not the perfect solution for sure. When you do it the first time, some of your code might be calling SvelteKit, some of your code might be calling StraightJS. And in my opinion, that is perfectly okay. Because the point of the exercise is for you to get from point A to point B to get to at least, you know, push that ball down the road to be able to start moving in the direction of the right way. But to expect yourself to be like, I'm going to engineer this the, the exact perfect way is it's just not going to happen. Like no, no matter what, even if I help you with every part, because personally, I know I'm not doing it the right way a lot of the times either. Or like I, I put right way in quotes here because there's just so many ways to do this kind of stuff or anything in SvelteKit or anything in JavaScript that it's just really difficult to find the right way. But having said that, we looked at the what the AI was doing and obviously it was... Doing things that were really clever. One part of the the code was just like an object where you could put in a different object with different parameters. And based on those parameters, it would generate you different form fields. So like like Matt was saying, it's a passive income tracker. Uh, different types of passive income will have different form fields that are required. So one type is a dividend. So there's a certain, you know, two form fields that are required. One type, let's say, is like a course or something. And you would need a different set of inputs, like how much does the course cost and stuff like that. So you need different inputs for the different type of passive income you're inputting. And the AI created a, a, an object with, you know, the ability to add different types of inputs. And then it would use the different types of inputs with the key to be able to like load different input fields. So whether it's like uh, inputs, you know, just a text box or a drop down menu, whatever. Um, so it did that, but it was using straight up document.createElement, document.getElementById, document.innerHTML, document.createElements. It was using straight up JavaScript inside of a SvelteKit application that needs to be able to do it dynamically. The whole point of SvelteKit is that it can create dynamic UIs, templates, based on the data that you provide it. Okay, that's the that's the big portion of a JavaScript framework. So that's where I was. I went in there and I started refactoring, right? So that's why I went in there and I tried to explain step by step what is Svelte, what is JavaScript, right? That's, in my opinion, the hardest part of this framework stuff is knowing where the line is of what's a framework and what isn't. And then you have to like think on top of that is Matt's kind of using a framework on top of a framework because Svelte 
on its own is a framework and Svelte Kit is a framework for Svelte. Okay. So there's another part to this that like it, it's another barrier for, for the learning phase. And a lot of it, like I'm not saying this to scare anyone or you, Matt. I'm saying this as like there's a lot to unpack here and it it is perfectly okay to kind of do it wrong. Because as you start doing things wrong and stuff gets more complicated, you'll notice that, hey, this is probably wrong. And you had that feeling, which is great already, that there's a way to refactor this. And you'll go down the path of refactoring eventually. Mm-hmm. Or the next time you go to do that, that task, because you might do it wrong and it'll work perfectly. You know what I mean? And you, you've, you've completed the, the task. And it's okay. Like, okay, it's not as efficient as if you did it exactly the way that Svelte Kit could do it. But who cares? It's a small personal project or it's even if it's a work project, it's a small project that's maybe being used by an internal team. It doesn't matter for the most part. Performance isn't that big of a deal unless you're talking about large websites or really, really SEO import like, you know, stuff like marketing pages that need to be perfectly performant with 99% scores or whatever. And even then, I there's an, a lot of arguments to be had against it. But regardless... When I looked at Matt's code, the one thing that I did notice is that the structure was good. The code was was kind of clean. And Matt has gotten a lot farther in his knowledge. Like he was asking me really, really smart questions, which is something that like obviously this exercise has helped him do. And really, Matt, how, how many like you worked on this for a week or something like that? One hour a day? Uh, yeah. So I think at the time that I brought you in, I had probably worked like. Like six to eight hours. Yeah. So. Bringing it back to the whole, like, is AI a good teacher? My opinion is yes. Like, I've seen Matt struggle with this stuff before. Now, Matt has built with Svelte before, like, a few years ago now. A tiny bit. More on, more actually in view to help you with some components. But that was more so like, hey, Matt, go into this file and do to the CSS. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I like literally here, type here. Um, So, yeah, like, you've had very limited exposure to this. But I know that it was a huge barrier for you the fact that you were able to get this far like when you were when you messaged me about uh the routing i was super excited because i was like oh my god that means that you've already passed the initial point of like getting the app to run right and you've already have something on the screen and you already started doing that like point a to point b kind of process and so like the routing part i i answered you in the regular way that i would answer anyone and you understood it and you implemented it i looked at the code it's implemented correctly like it's super exciting to see that you're using uh, AI to learn and you're kind of going deep into the different topics that are important. And you figured out that like, hey, this should be done differently. And you contacted me. That's like, anyway, as you can see, I'm pretty excited about this stuff. And I'm excited that Matt's going down this path because I think there's a lot of learning about how to learn this as, as it goes. And I, I'm intending to create a SvelteKit course. So everything that you're learning, Matt, right now, any struggles that you come up with, I'm noting them down. Like I'm noted down the routing, obviously. That's, I mean, I was going to talk about that anyway, but I'm also noting down like the document.get element by IDs and stuff like that. Like that's key learning to be able to put into a course so that people don't get confused. Anything that the DOM, like is concerning the DOM is handled now by SvelteKit, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So. I need to be able to teach that. And all of this, as we're going through it, as you're, as you're struggling, it's a huge learning process for me to figure out where these struggles actually lie, because you struggle probably thousands of people after you will struggle as well. 
Well, you 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 mentioned too, uh, just for the listener, you mentioned that there, and that was like a kind of a key moment for me where there was a lot of like document.getElement by IDs. There was like a window dot I don't know something or other that the that the bot had generated, and you were mentioning you're like all these you know document that get whatevers and uh you know get, get get class name and the window. You're like a lot of this, if not all of it, is all like Svelte slash Felt kit stuff, and so that's good for me because now if I see a bot generate a little piece of code or if I do it just to get it working, I I will probably type in or like copy my you know window dot whatever or get them and get on my by ID and I'll literally go to Bing and be like, how do I do this better in Svelte kit? And hopefully it'll generate me, or at least I know to now, even if it, the bot doesn't give it to me, I can go to Google and I know how do I replace, you know, this uh, get on by ID to help me. Cause I, I texted you the other day that I've taken what you gave me. Cause you gave me a working single types, so like the dividend type work. I got the other two types working and then I started messing with, okay, I want to have like placeholders. So like, how do I do that? Okay. Well, I need to do like, you know, the vanilla, there's like a placeholder um, attribute. So, okay, I'll do that. And, but I'll like have a, I'm doing this from memory to be clear, but I'll like, I'll add a prop so that I, I come setting this to currency. And then I actually went in and was like, I don't like the name of these stupid things like D fields and this and that for dynamic fields is weird because they're not really dynamic fields. They're still kind of specific for this situation. I'm just calling them in because you wanted me to split them into components, which is another thing you helped me with. So I was like, okay, I'm going to rename these. So I understand what the hell I'm, what the hell I'm calling. And it like really like, I still had like brain blockages where sometimes I was like, I don't know if this is going to work, but then seeing it break and then being like, Oh, there needs to be this here. Okay. Has like really helped. And so I have like half of the second type working or something. That's perfect. And I have the saving working actually too. (laughs) That's sweet. I'm I'm excited for your next roadblock. I know it. I know it's going to be a pain in the ass for you, but just know like you know it's going to happen 100. There's a lot, especially in the stack or like the the app that you've chosen. I know of a few that are going to happen soon, but I'm excited for it because I know that it's going to be an opportunity for me to learn as well as like for us to kind of go through it and (laughs) talk about it on this podcast. Well, one thing that we should also disclose to everybody is what I'm doing first is obviously I talked about auth and stuff. I'm doing all the front end stuff first because I'm familiar with front end as it is. So I'm trying to like upgrade my front end knowledge and then I'll, you know, start adding in like, okay, I'll call an API, I'll do this and that because that's just going to be like probably one of those roadblocks you're talking about uh, is probably going to be a real pain for me. Um, but I also have, well, actually I have a problem I could ask you right now, actually. So I have a weird problem. I don't fully understand. It's the last thing I did. It was like four in the morning. So. I didn't continue it, but um, so I got when I pressed like, you know, add this item, I got it just to save one of the form inputs, like input into like a local storage. And I got that working. And then I don't know, there was like some special thing I had to like call in to get access to local storage from Svelte or Svelkit or something because you're not supposed to do that. But I'm struggling because. Like Svelkit has like just stores and some people in examples were like, oh, you know, use store, use this, use that. But I was like, well, I think I need local storage right now. It'll probably change with the user. Like, I'll have to save it into the user. But I'm like, for right now, I think I need local storage. And so I did ask Bing. I was like, hey, like, is store, like a Svelte kit store, a Svelte store, is it for long-term storage? And they're like, no, it's just in the memory, like it's in RAM. So, like, don't, you know, if you need to store something, we actually recommend local storage. And then I kind of got, I was, like, kind of struggling because I was like, but am I supposed to be losing local storage? Or is there, like a long-term store for Svelte, that's Svelte kit. Like, I don't, 
And so I, I got I got it working. Like I didn't get quote unquote stumped. Like I was like, okay, I'm getting local storage working. Then I'll I'll mess with it. But like, what's your what's your take on that? Yeah, it's a good it's a good question. Uh, it's a little bit confusing, especially when you're first starting out. But store is like you know uh, the AI was correct. It's for app storage during the session, mm-hmm. right? Like so before a refresh or a navigation away from from the app. You use a store to essentially communicate between sibling components. So if there's a sibling component like a header and a footer, right? They're they're you know surrounded by a container, but like they're usually siblings, and they need to communicate in some way. Maybe they need to know both need to know the time for some reason. Instead of creating you know the time in both of them separately, you can create a, the time in a store file. And then they can both access that at the same time. And it's the same variable that they're accessing. And whatever you change, if that time is changed from, I don't know, 24 hours to 12 hours, let's say, like there's a variable like the that format, you set. Yeah. yeah, the format of the time, it'll change in both of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Automatically. So that's what the store is used for. It's used for sibling, you know, when, when you have a, a certain state that you want to set that you need to be read across multiple components. There's different ways you can also do it with context, but I don't want to get it too far into it right now, but just know that that's the case. With local storage, right, you're using that in lieu of like a database. So the real way to do what you're doing is a database, right? If you need long-term storage for an app, it's always going to be like, hey, where am I going to store it? I'm going to store it in a database usually. Which is where I think my like auth service is going to come in because obviously I'm going to like tie this person's dividend type thing to their like to Matt and then you you'll have a profile and Mike and it'll be exactly so you'll be ripping out local storage and putting it into the auth so for now local storage is just serving as a temporary storage database that's it you can you can even consider it as a database right okay so then okay so I I guess my one question then is why use store and why not use just variables because I can pass variables I can export them between components and stuff right so store uh, keeps reactivity. So when a variable changes, the store oh. will pass that reactivity to all the components that can, that uh, use that variable. Like so again, the time you were saying. The time saving. If I'm if I'm changing the time from 24 hour to 12 hour time, using a random button on the page, anywhere on the page, and you update that store variable, it'll right. automatically change across any component that's using that store variable. You don't have to go in and write like a subscription function or an unsubscription function. There's like a lot of code that you would have to write to make it work the way that you want it to work. Right. right. Store handles that whole thing for you. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. I kind of wish this was written in the, in the, the, the spell documentation. So I don't know. Whether I, like I'm new at this, so I might be a fool, but um, in this felt documentation, I find a lot that they're like, hey, like use, you know, this felt thing called bind or whatever it is, like whatever the, the topic of that documentation is. And I noticed they have like an example without the use of it. And then they're like, well, instead of using this and that other thing is in the example, they're like, use bind. I'm like, why the uh, heck isn't bind in the example? I know what's going on here. Uh, they're actually like w- what you're looking at there is a code. They're, they're coding tutorial. So it's teaching oh, you how to do it sake. and you're supposed to actually do it. But there is a solve button where it'll show you how it's done. 
Dang it! Because I just went so, and quickly yes. looked. Like I wasn't Correct. hanging yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So there, yeah, I, I got confused by that a couple times too. So don't worry. But like, regardless, that if you see that happening, that means that they're that it's asking you to do it as a tutorial. But you can always check how it's done by just clicking solve. Okay, so I'm gonna look for solve next time because like I'm yeah. just trying to read up on it. Obviously, I'm just like, hey, I'm just kind of curious. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, you're not using the thing you, t- <laughs> you told me to use. Like, what's going on here? Okay. Okay. It might be actually beneficial for you now that you have a little bit of a base to go in and go through a little bit of that tutorial. You know I what I mean? I was thinking of doing that yeah. a little bit, yeah. Because now you have a little bit of an understanding of what Svelte is, and now like I've, we've talked about it, so that tutorial is going to make more sense to you. I always recommend this way of learning. Like When you have a project you're already working on, you have a little bit of a head start in it. Mm-hmm. As soon as you go back at that point to look at tutorials, you'll start associating everything in the tutorial with something to do with your project and that association will be a 10 times stronger than just going into it fresh right you so going back now. and forth yeah you have context now going back and forth between project work and tutorial is a way to get out of that tutorial hell and a way to establish a better connection between the knowledge that you're actually learning and immediately apply it onto something that's not just like hey you know copy this copy paste this code that's super interesting because, like, obviously I didn't know this was a tutorial site. I was thinking about going and doing, like, a YouTube tutorial, but this is more interactive, so maybe I'll maybe I'll consider doing that. Um, mm-hmm. you, you also introduced me, like, recently to a YouTuber called uh, Hyperplex. Yeah, I've been watching awesome. a few of their videos, and he's not doing Svelte and stuff. Like, the videos I've seen him do, he's just doing vanilla HTML, CSS, JS. But there's been times where – so I, I like to update my CSS knowledge or see what other people are doing, and – like he'll go into something and he, you know, one of his things that he advocates for, at least in the videos I've seen so far is like, you know, you take a big problem or like a big anxiety, I think he calls it, and you like break them up into smaller anxieties and you squash them. And he, there's a few times where he just goes in there and starts like ripping something to shreds with some CSS. And I'm like, man, I don't know how to do that CSS. But then I've like taken the time, I've paused it and I'm like, okay, pull out the iPad and I just Google it. Like I'm just like watching at the end of the night and I'm just like Google the, the, the properties that he's using and the shorthands that he's using. I'm like, oh, okay. Like if I had looked this up like now that i've read about it i understand it and that's because like because it's like with because i know css i have context enough to read about it so maybe this is like where i'm I'm kind of at the apex point where i'm starting yep. to get context for svelte slash svelte kit because i don't even know where svelte and svelte kit like where their borders are you know I, I was talking about the borders between doing vanilla stuff and then moving into <laughs> moving into svelte slash svelte kit i don't know the border between svelte and svelte kit either but I'm sure I'll slowly figure that out. Um, another thing, actually, just b- before we get, get into the conclusions that I've drawn from this uh, experiment slash project is uh, I I am a firecracker. I get mad really, really quick when I don't understand something. Um, I haven't done that in this project at all because I've actually been like super determined about it. But I think what's helped a lot, and this might help other people, is I've been – doing it piecemeal, like Mike said, like about an hour a day. Like if I have an hour free that day, I just do it really quick. I do it at the end of the night or whatever sometimes just to sort of do it. And that's helped me a bunch because I'm just like, man, this is like this, this other, like this local storage stuff or whatever is stupid. I'm out of here. And then like, that's as far as it gets. Instead of me getting like angry, then I'm like mad and I'm like barely learning for another four hours. It's like, I've learned way more in like the six to, I guess it's like 12 hours now um, that I've been doing this project. (laughs) Instead of instead of like sitting down being like, nope, Monday is this project's day and I'm sitting here until I understand it. Like that just doesn't work as well, at least in my experience, for anyone that gets like frustrated learning stuff. But 
from this first part, because this is the first Full Stack Struggles episode. Obviously, we'll be talking more about as I hit different milestones and stuff. I have some conclusions. And the first one is a question, and I have an answer to it as well. Should you use AI to learn web development? I'm sure this is a question that many people have been asking, and we've been talking about AI like crazy. And the answer is yes. But don't discount reading more into concepts that you don't understand. And don't write off asking humans for help on particular issues. So, for example, when I was trying to engineer that solution, Mike and Mike mentioned, hey, split this into components, add props, add this and that. That's something that helped me because then that's like, hey, now I'm learning props. Now I'm learning components even better than I was just with the button that I had. And I'm also learning, hey, you know, this document dot whatever, this window dot whatever, some of this stuff, if not all of it, can be replaced by Svelte. I didn't know that. The bot maybe knows it, but it didn't tell me that. And I wouldn't have even known to ask that. So like humans can come in and sort of like, you know, fandangle stuff and be like, hey, you know, you could actually make this a little more efficient type of thing. Whereas a bot might just say, yeah, that works, <laughs> you know, something like that. Um, so having a mix of your own reading, the AI helping you and a human helping you is at least I mean, it's the it's my only experience I'm having right now, but it is a good experience. And I get, you know, good pieces from each piece. Uh, the next thing is, is that. I want to take a note on like where we're at with AI and what I'm finding is that AI gets you the solution to your problem instead of you looking at similar issues online and manipulating that solution that helped them and you have to manipulate it and like massage it to your unique problem. AI is way faster at this data interpretation step. What I mean by that is like normally you'd look up and be like, how do I make a button? And maybe you'll find a forum post about some super like advanced button that someone's made because they got some crazy stuff that has to happen on this button press. And then you go in there and you're like, cool. And you like copy paste the code, but it's running like six functions and all this crap. And you're like, man, all I need to do is save local storage. Like what's, <laughs> what's what's going on here? And so now you're new to Svelte. You're new to JavaScript. Maybe you don't know what's going on. And so you're like kind of like maybe you're chipping stuff out of there or maybe you're just ignoring it. Like you're just making it so it doesn't error out and you have all this crap like, you know, kind of left in there. Because you don't know how to like massage it or like get to your solution to your unique problem. AI gets you really close, if not actually to the exact solution that your problem does. And it does that data. Like I said, that data interpretation step for you where you're, where you're supposed to be like sort of like massaging the problem you found to your unique problem, which is a huge step. Like it's very helpful. Uh, I am. Another conclusion I made is that I am still struggling, despite my video research, with how to handle auth, and I'm sure this like will be a roadblock. Um, what I think I'm going to do is I'm probably just going to end up choosing a direction and sticking with it because um, I'm not knowledgeable enough to choose that ideal solution. We've already talked about this, but I I'm not knowledgeable enough because I'm looking at it. I'm like, well, you know, is is using a service cheating? Well, maybe not because obviously they have millions of users, and then it's like I'm starting to get you know starting to be driven crazy by like, well, do I do it manually? Well, manually sounds scary, and also like, do I want to house people's passwords? Not really, even though this isn't public, it's like, I got to think like it is, you know, I'm trying to pretend like this is a production thing. It's like, do I want to handle that? No. Should I know that? I'm leaning toward yes, but I should probably know both. So why would I do the harder thing while I'm still learning and so early in my knowledge? So I'm just going to choose a direction. I'm probably going to watch a couple more videos, choose a direction, try to kick myself out of that little bit of tutorial hell. Which I'm not really in. I'm not at the off stage yet. So, but I don't want to get stuck where I'm like, ah, I'll figure out off in a few weeks. You know, it's like, no, like when I get to the off stage, I want to at least have a direction to start going in. Uh, and right now, and I, I already mentioned this, but right now I am sticking with what I know, which is front end development. And I'm working on upgrading that front end knowledge, 
uh, with Svelte and Svelkit knowledge. This is a struggle because I find myself, you know, reaching for vanilla JS for every problem or thinking in vanilla JS and thinking in vanilla, you know, CSS, HTML, all that stuff. I'm thinking in vanilla all the time when a problem comes up and I'm like, okay, now I need a button. It's like, oh, like, how do I do that? Like, how do I svelte kit this thing? And I'm finding that even the AI struggles with this, as we found with the, you know, document.get element by ID and stuff like that, that has shown up in the project that with bot generated or AI generated code. So it is going to be a struggle and I'm sure I'm going to accidentally do vanilla stuff where I'm supposed to do svelte stuff and this and that. That'll come out with refactoring or like, you know, one day I'll be on a forum and be like, what? Like you can process a button or you can process an input like that. And it's like, hang on. And then I'll, and that's the same way I've done CSS. My original CSS stuff was like massive and like horrible. And then, you know, my, my CSS has gotten better and better and better over the years. Also, and this is a unique problem to me. Well, maybe not unique to me, but it's the problem I'm having is I, uh, haven't coded in JS too much. Uh, and I certain, or, and I don't do it like super often, often, excuse me. So, uh, I'm definitely a little bit dated. So I got uh, a rusty JS knowledge. So I'm, it's a big old struggle because there's been times where I'm talking to Mike and I'm like, is that a spell thing? He's like, no, it's just a JS thing. It's like, well, that's new to me. <laughs> so it's a bit of a, a bit of a race, a bit of a problem. Uh, but you know, whatever, we'll get through it. And that's that. Mike, do you have any conclusions to draw while I pull up the Patreon document? Because I'm a fool and didn't pull it up. Yeah, for sure. So one thing I do want to mention is that people are probably like, well, why doesn't Mike just tell you the exact stack to use, like what auth to use and everything like that? I think, Matt, you and I decided that it's better for you to kind of go through the selection process a little bit yourself as well. I'm not going to let Matt go down like a terrible road, right? Like obviously I suggested Svelte. He took that suggestion. Uh, With auth, I'm going to do the exact same thing. I'm going to see where it comes up with probably Matt. And I'm going to make sure that you don't go down like the exact wrong path. But I think there's not too many of those wrong paths. And it's important to go through the steps of like finding something that works for you in your mindset rather than me just being like, use this because it's good. There's a million different ways to tackle off. And SvelteKit has many, many tutorials on how to do it. I think it's important for you to go through and be like, this one resonates with me. That's how I did it. And that's why I think we're doing it this way. Just to clarify for everyone that I'm not just like letting Matt go down like, you know, the craziest random paths. This is an intentional step in the process. You're the guardrail on the edge of the cliff. Like, I'm not going to walk off a cliff. You're the guardrail on the edge of the cliff, but I have like the whole top of the cliff to play with. Yes. Is basically, basically how that, how I envision that. And that, and that's good too, because I might even generate opinions on super base or, you know, whatever. And then, and they might be slightly different than yours too. And then we can have a conversation on that which is good content, obviously, but also just good for our own knowledge where, you know, you might be like, yeah, like I didn't, I didn't know Superbase could do like this little nuance thing that I, even though I'm a beginner, found in some random forum post or something. Exactly. So it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if, I guess it would be able to, if Bing AI could do something, I'm thinking like with a service, but I guess like Svelte is not a service, but it's, Svelte is obviously like a, it isn't vanilla JS. Like it's not right from the source of, the internet gods, I guess, or the browser gods, whatever you want to call it. It's, you know, it's, it's someone created it. And so the Bing AI is obviously uh, versed in it. So it, it should, should have new knowledge, right? Because uh, Bing has GPT-4, which is the newest uh, interpreter. And it also has the access to all the latest data. Like it's not trained on 2021 data like ChatGPT. Right. So it should be able to go through any documentation that is out there. 
and infer from that documentation any solution that you ask it. That's my that's my understanding um, of it. I, it could, I I could have, be wrong. I have asked it time sensitive questions, not development ones. When I was just playing with it, when I first got access to it because it was a beta or whatever, maybe it still is. But um, and I asked it specific questions. So I asked it things like, you know, I run the Day One Patch Media podcast. <clears throat> excuse me, the Day One Patch podcast, and I'm like, hey. How many episodes are there? And they like would say, hey, as of, you know, last time I indexed it, as of February 28th of 2023 or whatever it is, okay. these are the these are the things. So it's like, you know, if it has a dated data set, it will let you know if it's context specific. And that's obviously well newer than ChatGPT's 2021 data. Um, and then it was it was right, too. Like, obviously, it's not going to index my podcast every night. <laughs> Makes sense. OK, so, so it is indexing way more than ChatGPT has. So therefore, yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah, and that's actually why I went with Bing AI because I figure as people solve things, as you know, Svelte Kit and Svelte get more updates. Not only am I a Microsoft fan, which makes it convenient, but I also want the internet access because I want it to be able to tell me the most up to date. I don't want to learn like what you had. I know it's not the same case with Svelte, but with React, you were talking about hooks, and then now it's something else driven. I don't really know much about React. Um, I don't want to get like all the data about like hooks and then like learn all about hooks and then. You know, <laughs> then get like this. Now I have this old like now I'm I'm an old JS developer and I'm an old Svelte developer as, as well. I don't want the, the disaster of just like like becoming older as I learn more in my knowledge. But anyway, um, that concludes this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We're going to have more full stack struggle episodes as I build this app. Uh, I'll be probably sharing the odd thing on Instagram and stuff as I get something to show right now. It's very rudimentary. Um, and I wanted to stream this, but it's a bad idea when I'm learning. Cause I would look like an idiot and I would get like 900 suggestions from people and I would have no idea what's going on and it would be boring for you. It'd be annoying for me. And so I'm, uh, I'll just post and make these full stack struggle episodes as I see fit. Maybe the next project I could stream it or something. We'll see. We'll see how things go. But anyway, many thanks to our $3 tier patrons, Ryan Gatchel from Blue Black Digital, blueblackdigital.com, Tim from the Web Hacker on the webhacker.com, Bib Hashash from Nine Block Media, nineblockmedia.com, Jason from Geek Life Radio via geekliferadio.com, Michael Curie from MC Web Studio via mcwebstudio.ca, Magnus from YesWeb via yesweb.se, Jeff from Twitter via at the Jeff McHale, and Fire Ant Season via fireantseason.com. Feel free to leave a comment or a review on the platform you're listening to this on, and this outro will sign us off. You've been listening to HTML All The Things Podcast. Web development, web design, and small business. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you appreciate that we talk to you like human beings. And we hope you had some fun. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on social media. On Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at HTML All The Things. And on Twitter at HTML Everything. Until next time, this is HTML All The Things. Signing off.